Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this extra spooky edition of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where you come to discuss them as a community. Hopefully, this will inspire you to travel more and ultimately enjoy life more. Now, you can reach us on a variety of different social media platforms, but first, starting with my website at theprofessortravel.com. You can also find me on both YouTube and Facebook at The Professor Travel. I'm now available on TikTok. You can find me there at The Professor Travel. If you are an Instagrammer, you can find me there at The underscore Professor underscore Travel. Um, if you are on um, Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at The Professor TR1. And then finally, if you, if you are a blogger, you can find me on Blogger or Blogspot now, I guess that's what it's called, at TheProfessorTravel.blogspot.com. Today... I am welcoming you back a visiting professor. In fact, we just recently had you on, Marissa Paul Federico. How are you doing? Good. Now, we just recently spoke about Oregon, and we had a conversation about some of the interesting things that go on there. So before we jump into this special Halloween edition of The Professor Travel, talk to us a little bit about, again, your credentials, uh, a little bit of your educational background, and then some of the places that you've traveled. You bet. <clears throat> Sorry, losing my voice this morning. Uh, <laughs> kind of spooky voice. Um, I I'm a college professor. I, I teach. Sorry about that. I'm a college professor. Uh, I teach at several different universities, and um, I teach international business primarily. But um, I am also a photographer, and I travel all over the world doing cultural photography. Mm. And one of the things, and why we got talking about this, was one of the things I did uh, two years ago in 2018. Actually, was uh, I made a. I wrote a book. Um, it's, it's a, photo, a photographic book, uh, and it's called Lost in Time. I'll hold it up for everybody. I'll hold it up again at the end. It's called Lost in Time, and I went around the Pacific Northwest, um, all of Washington and Oregon and what have you, and took photographs of ghost towns. Mm. So I had uh, some pretty fun experiences. We're going to talk about that coming up here because you have a lot to share, and this is, a, as I said, a special Halloween edition, so I'm expecting some really good stories out of this. So we're going to start with the town of Golden, then we're going to go on to Cornucopia, then we'll talk about Susanville, then Greenhorn, and Ending up in Bourne. Now, let's talk about Golden. Here's a shot that you had. Um, it looks like some kind of a steeple and chapel in Golden. Good call. Good call. That is a church. Um, Golden is really an interesting place. Um, it's, it's down near Wolf Creek, Oregon. It's down near Southern Oregon. 
And it was uh, it was really kind of uh, in its heyday. Uh, there was a lot of gold. It, you know, people tend to think of the gold rush as California, but there was a lot of gold in Oregon. And I'll, I'll get to that again in a minute with the next town. But Golden had a, a lot of gold. That's <laughs> the name, uh, Golden. Right. But Golden's claim to fame was it was very unique in uh, your typical mining towns in that it had two churches and no saloons. It was run by a very strong-armed preacher. Uh, Let me just tell you, when I was there, I was there very early in the morning, uh, probably about 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Luckily, it was summer, so it was nice and light out. But I... um, I went into the schoolroom, which still has the chalkboards and everything, and this is from the 1800s. Wow. And yet, I was fine. Everything was good. I went over to the church building, this which is the photograph here, and I wanted to walk in, and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. Mm. Now, I don't know that I believe in ghosts, <laughs> but I do know that it scared the 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 you know what out of me. Um, and I turned around and I left. And it's not just because it was a church; it was it was, it was something creepy about not, it. Just for the viewers, she's not repulsed by churches or anything no, like that. No. <laughs> you toured a lot of different religious sites on your past, I, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I actually I love you know hearing about all different religions and, and meeting people from all different <laughs> religions all over the world. But in, in this just it really there was something about it that um, that really just gave me the willies. Uh, and, and it was a very profitable mining town as well. Um, it lasted quite a long time. But in order for the miners to have a good time, they would have to literally go down the mountain into the valley into a small town of Wolf. Uh, it's called Wolf Creek, which still exists. But of course, Golden is a ghost town, and it's one of the most, uh, the best preserved ghost towns uh, in all of Oregon and actually all of the United States. One of the things that's interesting is Oregon actually has more ghost towns than any other state in the country. Mm. So, gold, yeah, Golden is fascinating. It did freak me out. I'm not going to lie. Uh, when it's really quiet and there's no one else around, um, yeah. <laughs> any 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 weird stories about why the town just ceased to have anything that just run out of gold? I think, yeah, I think they primarily ran out of gold. Now, most of the houses in Golden are gone because they started tearing the houses down uh, in order to get to the gold underneath them. That's that's how prevalent the gold was in Oregon. And, you know, the things that survived were, of course, the, the schoolhouse, which is fantastic, and uh, the church. I mean, the church is just a beautiful building. I really wanted to go inside. But um, <laughs> it's just... You opted to... You opted to get I, 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 you know, my sixth sense said, yeah, don't go in. So, <laughs> but it, it was it's a remarkably uh, well-preserved building, too, which is really nice. Which brings me to another question. Um, do you have it to where they actually have organized organized tours or is it kind of like yeah. an open area where you can just go if you want to and and take at your own risks or yeah none of these ghost towns are that i go to are um you know set up for organized tours i mean you could probably do some of them 
as an organized tour, mm-hmm. but there there aren't organized tours going there. They aren't tour, definitely not tourist um, sites. They're not you know custom built for tourism. Um, yeah. They are real real ghost towns, real real towns that existed and were thriving at one time, and just ceased to exist for one reason or another. Most likely, gold ran out. Yeah, I was going to say, what exactly is the definition of a ghost town? Because I mean, there are towns that are always like recycled. Like you know, you may have mm-hmm. a you may have a town that subsided on, um, like when you get up to Alaska. For example, you have a town that may have decided on salmon trade or something like that, or, or just you know trade, and then for whatever reason, maybe the salmon dried up in that area, so then they have um, a new industry come in, and then that kind of takes over. Or like take for example, Allentown, Pennsylvania, or other places where maybe steel ran out, or or the or the ability to do utilize these resources just died out. And normally, these places are rebuilt, or there's something that goes on. Is it just that there's nothing in this area of significance or? Well, yeah. What tended to happen in the 1800s is in order to get gold, they had to go up into the mountains. And for the most part, these towns were often hard to get to. Okay. Or not as lucrative, you know, maybe not on the not on a river or what have you. So, the growth towns tended to be down the mountain, uh, and, and then you know most of the ghost towns when either the gold ran out or the mining company left, or you know sometimes sometimes it's just that it got gobbled up by another town as well. There's a there's a town here just not far from where I live, out of you know downtown Portland, called Kenton, Oregon. That no longer exists, but the schoolhouse and the grange, the farmer's grange, are still there. Now the grange is still used, but the schoolhouse is, and that's uh, that's in the book. Um, the schoolhouse is is stunning. I mean, it's it's dilapidated, but it's it's spooky. You can't go in because it's on private property. But it's just driving by it all the time on the way to work. I, I would on the way to campus, I would drive past it and just go. Wow. I mean, this is just in my neighborhood, you know. So it was gobbled up by uh, Hillsboro and Beaverton and, you know, a bunch of other towns. But it was the town of Kenton. Hmm, interesting. So that does happen as well. All right. Well, let's move on from Golden to Cornucopia. Now, this looks like it's just completely abandoned. I don't know what kind of a building that is. Really interesting town. <laughs> this is up in the mountains. Um, you have to purposely be going there. And, and, and it's somewhat that way with a lot of these places, but you know some of them, like uh, like Golden, was all you could go on the way to somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, for Cornucopia, you need to purpose, you need to know it's there and purposely be going there. Now, this was the old miners hotel that's still standing. Um, this is this is it in winter, and the reason I gave you the winter picture is because I've been there during the winter and during the summer. I had to go back. This is on the border of Oregon and Idaho, up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eastern Oregon. And it actually, um, unbeknownst to a lot of people, had the largest gold deposit in the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, really not not well known. People think of, you know, other places. as Like California or Alaska is for the Yukon or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But this actually had the largest gold deposit. And, and it was in um, it was in action until 1929, until the stock market crashed. Hmm. 
So from the eight, late 1800s until 1920, uh, sorry, 1929, once the stock market crashed, then it, you know the mining became sort of not important. And then when World War II hit, um, Roosevelt decided that the mine was not important at all, and uh, the industry really you know ground to a halt for the war effort. So corn and cornucopia never recovered. It, it, it never you know brought people back, but. There are like one or two people that live there during the summer. Um, and I only know that because I heard them and they were real. I saw them too. Um, <laughs> You're like, hi. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually was, hello. Um, but do they look the at you like, why are you here? <laughs> well, they saw the camera and then they got, oh, okay, okay, okay. But um, the interesting thing about Cornucopia is this picture here. I, I went there during the winter. Well, actually, it was May, so it wasn't winter. But uh, it was still winter there, obviously. And I was only able to get right to that spot before I felt like my car was not – and I have a four-wheel drive in it, but it was not – the snow was so thick, it was not going to go any further. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's really inaccessible. You have, like I said, you have to be going there on purpose. And during the winter, it can get pretty snowbound. But when I got to this point and I took that photograph, I felt like eyes were on me. And there was nobody there but me and my dog. <laughs> but, and it's a Yorkie, so it really was no help. But <laughs> a little four-pound dog really isn't a big help. You wouldn't um, defend you against like you know like massive timber wolves or anything like that. So probably well, not. I did. Yeah. I did have a, a, a I did have a um, not a revolver. I did have a, a sidearm and a rifle with me. So Just I, I don't travel to any of these locations without something. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's. Um, it, it was still, it was just, I felt like eyes were on me and, it, and it, it's, it, it's, you know, there was nobody up there, but me, but it just, it just, it had an aura. <laughs> I can't explain it. It's, it's the second place. Actually, I went here first, but Golden and Cornucopia were the two places that really had, had just a feeling that there was more there than just me. And again, I was gonna say, I'm, not, I'm not a big believer in ghosts, but it, <laughs> Well, for those for those in the audience who might be, is there any type of like ghost stories or or or, or any type of shenanigans that took place in either Cornucopia or Golden? Well, uh, Golden in Golden, yes. I mean, the Reverend uh, ruling with a, a strong arm. They, you, they couldn't even dance. There was no dance hall allowed. Mm in town. Um, oh, I've seen Dirty Dancing. I know how this story goes. So. Exactly. Or Footloose. <laughs> or Footloose, you know? yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was one of those kind of towns. Um, but uh, Cornucopia, you know, it, it was it was kind of wild. There, the jail is still up there. It's still intact. Oh. Uh, it's boarded up, of course, but either the building is still there. And there is a photograph of it in the book as well. Um, it's small jail, so I'm, I'm sure they didn't, you know, it was like drunken disorderly and what have you. I don't, I don't think there was a lot of violent crime going on but uh but yeah there were saloons and so it was quite wild in, in its heyday so yeah i mean who knows maybe there's maybe there's a couple of miners old miners ghosts still living in the mm. in the hotel or a, you know a dance hall girl who knows you know but it's it's a really interesting place interesting okay it was spooky, it was spooky. i mean, i went back there during the summer i it was still spooky not as bad as it was on that Oh, I believe it. I mean, believe me, I've seen The Shining. I know how hotels get in the winter, so I got it. And that hotel <laughs> is in Oregon for people that, a lot of people that don't oh, is it know. really? 
That is the tim- the outside of the hotel in Shining is the Timberland Lodge up on Mount Hood. <sighs> Well, that opens a whole new can of worms. There you go. <laughs> now, this little fixer-upper um, in Susanville. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell that me is a about fixer-upper. Yes, it is. Tell me about this little shenanigan okay. here. Okay, Susanville. Now, I'm, I'm just, I'm just referring back, back to my book just to make sure I get the days right uh, or the the years right. And yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a. A small town. Now, getting there was the hard part. Um, getting to Susanville, I, I, again, I'm, I'm very dedicated. When I do my ghost town trips, I, you know, I, I rarely will back down from getting to a place. And this was up a very narrow dirt road that I had to climb. And then at one point, I got to, and it was on the side of a canyon. Um, and then at one point, there were just bricks where there had like been some road or something at one point in time, but they were all, you know, kind of disheveled. But I decided to, you know, go for it. And I, and I went up and then in order to get back, I had to back down the hill, which was kind of fun. Um, but Susanville was another big mining town. They found a lot of large nuggets of gold. Um, but unfortunately, just down the hill a bit, there was gold as well. And that town of Galena stole the post office and Susanville <laughs> ceased to exist. Okay. But, yeah. Um, but on the right-hand side of the canyon, you can see the remnants of the old mine, mm. uh, which are really, you know, you, you can imagine being there with the, you know, the mining going on and these houses. I mean, one of the things I love about ghost towns and the reason I do them is because this these represented people's lives. Yeah, you know, um, uh, ex- somebody's existence, mm. and and that in and of itself fascinates me. That people existed here, they had lives, they they had children, they had families. They you know they they woke up in the morning and saw the same sun and the same ground I'm seeing, and it's really fascinating. Um, it's like a connection to the past that I that I just love. Do you know when this was around? What time frame? 1800s also. Um, I, I believe that the largest gold deposit was found in, I want to say, 1913. Okay. Um, so it, it also it also probably lasted until about the 20s uh, when gold production, you know, started, well, through the roaring 20s. Um, but once the stock market crashed, really a lot of ghost towns popped up because, of course, mining was not it gold wasn't as wor- worth as much and mining was starting to uh, fall by the wayside nobody yeah. had money for it that that was the problem at the time you know especially yeah. when you hit 1929 and the stock market completely exactly. bottomed out so okay. yeah um so galena definitely benefited from this i mean that sounded like that they had a no problems with basically turning susanville into a smoldering ruin in effect oh. Absolutely, but but then Galena ended up a ghost town as well. Oh, these, funny. Yeah, these it, it's I mean these are these are towns that are really on. Um, I mean Galena is on the highway right off a of, uh, uh, you know not a major highway but um, a well known highway in uh, Utah in Oregon. I don't even know what state I'm in. Oh, no, we'll get to Utah later on, because I know we're going to do an interview on that yeah, one, too. Yeah. So, 
Um, so it's 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 on a main a main highway in Oregon, but it just it kind of ceased to exist. I mean, there is still um, a little church, uh, which um, when I I got out and took some pictures of that and some things, and that church was just adorable. I, I just wanted to squeeze its cheeks. It was so cute. <laughs> it was like it was like a one room schoolhouse slash church. So, I mean, it probably fit maybe 10 townspeople, you know, but it was yeah. um, just, and it's still very well preserved. And there's a general store in Galena that's di- still very well preserved. And a lot of this is because it is on a more traveled highway. Yeah. Um, and by more traveled, let me help your uh, listeners. Uh, Well-traveled in rural Oregon means it sees a couple of cars a day. Yeah. As opposed to no cars. So, <laughs> yeah. So Susanville, um, the other thing about Susanville is actually um, it was founded in 1864. Mm. So, um, you know, if, if you if, if you think about that, that's right after Oregon became a state in 1859 um, and, you know, Civil War era. So it, it's that that was another aspect of it. And another aspect of all the ghost towns that really intrigued me is, you know, the connection to U.S. history and, um, you know, life, life in the West, the Wild West in the 1800s. Uh, something we can touch and feel. And, you know, it, it's it's. Well, I'm really surprised they're even still like there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really quite surprised that they weren't knocked down at one point or just like the whole process was destroyed, so. Well, what's really interesting in Oregon is that uh, they don't knock down these old buildings. I mean, you can be, which is why I decided to do the book, because you can literally be driving by somewhere and they will let a building, an old building stay in an area until it's it's taken by the land. You know, they, they're really, you know, certain things are preserved, but, you know, other things like this house, for example, you know, in another 10 years, maybe, it, maybe it'll be there, maybe it won't. Um, it, it's, this was a miner's house. It's just, they, they, they allow it to be taken naturally back by the land. And, and, and to me, that's kind of honoring these ghosts, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of honoring their existence that, you know, we, we don't just tear everything down. We just, we let it just naturally go. Yeah, I agree. All right. So moving on from Susanville, we have Greenhorn. Now this actually looks like a really nice, well-preserved place, actually. Greenhorn is a, a more well-preserved because it's more accessible. Okay. Um, they, um, this was, this is um, kind of when, you know, a lot of young men were going west to find their fortunes. Uh, Greenhorn ended up uh, being the town. And, and I think that's probably why they named it Greenhorn, as legend goes, uh, because a lot of these Greenhorns coming out of inexperienced kids coming out of the east to try their hand at, you know, finding gold. Uh, they did. They did actually get a lot of gold there. Um, uh, Greenhorn was another, you know hugely successful uh, gold rush town uh, it, by by 19 sorry by 1895 I'm switching around my numbers here by by 1895 they had about a little over 3,000 uh, residents so it was it was a sizable town especially for the time and um, then it kind of died as, as the population moved away and and I think that's that happens with a lot of these towns you know the next generation doesn't want to do mining or maybe maybe the mine you know did dry up or you know the mining went elsewhere and there's no work so the next generation leaves um, and I, I think it's it's the same kind of thing that was happening here but it's well preserved there are some beautiful buildings in Greenhorn 
Now, the interesting thing about this town is I felt really peaceful here. Hmm. Uh, Quite the opposite of the other places that you've been thus far. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, there were, uh, I believe there was a a church in uh, several houses and a a schoolhouse and quite a few buildings that you can go around. Um, And this one, the the state parks have put up some facilities. You know, there's like a a small bathroom for people to go to. Oh, good. Yeah. So Uh, at least that way it is more accessible. Yes, this one is more accessible. And I, I felt a sense of peace here. Like the people were happy. It, it felt to me there was a sense of happiness that there were there were happy lives lived here. That uh, well, especially if they struck gold. I mean, I, I'd be pretty happy if I struck gold. Right, right. <laughs> and, they allowed, and they were allowed to dance. So. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and, and there was a saloon, most likely. So, um, but yeah, there, there, there's. I really felt a sense of peace here, even when I was um, like it, this particular picture is somebody's house, and I, it, it it felt peaceful. It was really interesting. It was an absolute dichotomy to the other couple of places that I had been. Okay. So let's move on to the one I thought was the spookiest picture that you sent me, and that is Born. Look at this place with the skulls hanging on the outside and (laughs) the license plate over the front of the door. So talk to me about this place. You said that this was not as spooky as you thought, as I thought it was. It, it is spooky. It is. Um, I just happened to be there at, on a sunny day, and I think that helped. Um, if it was cloudy, as Oregon usually is, or if it was more in the winter, um, perhaps. But it, it's inaccessible during the winter. Um, the roads wash out, so you're, you, there's no way to get Oh, so there. you're trapped. Okay, good. That's, that's yeah, always You would be trapped. Kind of like yeah. cornucopia. I was afraid I'd need to spend the night in that hotel. You mean you're you mean staying in your SUV? <laughs> yeah, yeah, with my dog and my blanket, my emergency Probably. blanket, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but born born was in, born is interesting. It was apparently a very famous town in its heyday, known all over the world, um, which really it was a surprise to me. Um, it was once called at one time it was called Cracker City. I don't, I don't. I guess that was the man's name. Then, uh, oh no, sorry, it was named after Cracker Creek, which is near it. Okay, it's right along Cracker Creek. And then um, a man named Jonathan Bourne Jr. Um, was who was a lawyer from Massachusetts uh, came there to find his uh, gold. He, um, he purchased a mine. Um, I'm sorry, a mine. Um, which um, it, one of the interesting things is that. Um, Mr. Bourne actually became a uh, state senator for Oregon. Oh, really? Oh, actually, a U.S. senator. Yeah, he was a U.S. senator, if I'm not mistaken. He he eventually Jonathan Bourne. He he at, at one time um, he left the city of Bourne, Oregon, moved to Portland, and then became a U.S. senator. Oh, wow! For for Oregon, um, but Bourne, um, you know, Bourne was really came about in like eighteen late 1800s, 1888, 1889, something like that. Um, it was it had a lot of good minds. Um, it was you know they they. they got a lot of money out of it, um, even through the early 20s. Um, the heyday, I think, was really between like 1890s to the early 1900s. Yeah. But then further down south, uh, down south, down the mountain, was a town called Sumter, which is also another ghost town, but it's much more accessible. It's right on a main route. Um, and when Sumter came about and gold started to be found further down the mountain, people left Bourne. 
and it became um, abandoned. Abandoned, yeah. Well, and it, like is, a, it is pretty spooky, but in a, in a good way. Um, I didn't. I felt, you know, how you get that the good, the good vibes and the weird vibes and the bad vibes. It doesn't matter what you believe, um, because I mean, I, I don't necessarily not believe or do believe. I'm, I'm open. I'm open to, <laughs> to whatever you know. Um, but I, I, I felt even though it's you got the skulls hanging there. I, I. I Felt us another sense of peace. Well, people, we, people, you and died, I, people died naturally. Oh, in other words, yeah, um, yeah. I, I have this feeling that you know this is this is more a place where an axe murderer would live. So I mean, in terms of <laughs> in terms of my my view on it, this is this looks like a place where the guy with a chainsaw would come out, and maybe. not in a good way. So maybe. yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to share some of your photography with us. That was really quite interesting. Um, now, I know that you have both a Facebook and a website. Um, on Facebook, you can be found at, uh, is it Paul Frederico Photography? Is that correct? On Facebook, it's Paul Frederico Photography. Um, okay. And uh, the website is just Frederico Photography because it was way too long to put my full name on there. <laughs> 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 well, Marissa, I really appreciate it. So thank you again for sharing that with us. I'm looking forward Welcome. to seeing all the stuff in the book. It's called it Lost in Time. Lost in Time. It's a view of all these different wonderful architectural finds that you found over the last couple yep. of years. So thank you again for sharing that with us. You're very um, welcome. If you, the students, would like any further information on that, you could certainly reach out to her directly through her site, or you could send an email to me at scott at theprofessortravel.com. If you like this video and you'd like to be notified when new videos are coming up, hit the bell icon right above the screen here. Um, we always encourage you to subscribe to get new information. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. Please do. Um, by all means, if you like this content and you want to see more of it, hit the like button. And of course, if you're hearing this on the podcast, we always encourage you, please give us a rating. We really appreciate it. But until next time, I am the Professor Travel and have a very spectacular day. Take care, Happy everybody. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye now. <laughs> the Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with the Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.